welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie and the minister of biscuits, Jacob. Joined by my co-host, the super veteran minister of flour, Justin. You laugh first, not me! <laughs> yeah, I could. Minister of biscuits, man. Such a good title. What is up, everyone? Welcome back again. Today, we are discussing, as you can guess, and you know from the title, Whole Cake Island. But we're not going to get through the whole thing, because it's a whopper of an arc. But we're going to get through a good chunk of it. We're thinking we're going to stop around 860, and as a refresher, this arc starts at 825. Listen, Tree Bomb is the only one making puns, okay? I don't want to hear whopper of an arc, okay? I don't want to hear... I'll never stop. I can't be contained. (laughs) I like to imagine that you have no notes for this arc, but you just have a list of puns. Just ready to fire off (laughs) the bat. Just a list of food puns to to pepper into our conversations. Just about off anything I say. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so... Last time I think I said... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said, I hope that this would be, like, the Enies Lobby or Arlong Park of the New World. Um, and it's with one of the OG Straw Hats, too, so that's a lot of potential, a lot of hype I had for this arc. So, as we go through, you can kind of hear if it meets expectations or meets not. I think it's better if I don't open up with right away. I think we just go into it and just see, you know, as we explain, as we talk, how I really felt about this arc. Because it does yeah, have some fine. good parts. So I will ask you, how did you feel about the first big reveal in this arc, which is pretty much immediately, right, right after Luffy uh, ruins all their food on the ship, when they meet <laughs> the Germa, the Germa 66, right? We meet Yonji and Reiju. Yeah. How, so, how would that reveal hit you? Uh, that the fact that they all were just, they all that they just all looked alike, or the fact that they were just like super military. Just the military. fact that they exist, even, I think that Sanji has a family, the similarities, everything. Uh, the big thing was just, it hit me right away with how they were just acting, was like, I could definitely see why Sanji would not want to talk to these guys. Like, on a personal note, like, if his, at this point, if his reasoning was, no, I just hated my family, and I just want to run away. And I see these guys, and I'm just like, oh, they seem very stiff, they're really official and military. And at this point, right, that's, that's just like super surface level shit. But once you see that... <laughs> but the other shock I thought you were talking about was, hey, Luffy gets his first kiss in the entire series, and he's not even awake for it. <laughs> wow, is that really your opinion of me? Like, man, we have to talk about this big reveal right away. Yeah, that, hey, the listen, that's a, it's a big first for a lot of fans. But yeah, because first thing, because Luffy... Is that, actu- is that his, first, his first kiss the whole time? Yeah, his, his actual first kiss, yeah. Five yeah, seconds. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he's yeah. confirming that. I mean, like, I guess it's weird when he, it's basically confirmed that he's gotten a hand job, <laughs> which happened on Amazon Lily. But yeah, I guess he has never gotten a kiss. Yeah. That we've seen, he, at least. And again, he wasn't even awake for it, because he was suffering from food poisoning, because he didn't cook the fish before just jumping right into the skin, like a weirdo. And he was then, also, he wasn't awake for the hand job either, coincidentally. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was passed out for that as well. The only thing he was really awake for that had any, well, actually just anything of Amazon Lily, really, right? Where he's, like, in the cell, and everyone's just looking up at his family jewels. And then there's everything else with Hancock afterwards, right? Where literally we made the joke of, like, dude, the meat is right in front of you, dude. Stop complaining about where's the meat. It's right there, dude. She's naked. Right there. Yeah. I will and- say, I also, <laughs> what I really like from that section, like, this little part right here when Reiji was, like, kissing him. Yeah. I like Nami's reaction the most. 
<laughs> just like she's so embarrassed and like, uh, just the red face i thought that was is both adorable and i think it fits her in a, <laughs> in a weird way you know what i mean like she's I totally bet. cool with acting all sexy and being how she is but when it comes down to like someone actually right in front of her like doing any kind of even like light affection which we would say just a kiss she gets mm-hmm. like super flustered and i think that was that was good you could also see it as i guess more so how i saw it Whereas she was embarrassed of like, I can't believe this is happening. We have someone literally saving my captain's life because he's so fucking stupid. <laughs> and then <laughs> why and not just, both? Yeah, why not both? And this in this convenient case, she's a weirdo that loves sucking out poison. And you can even see it in the manga where like the, the like the particles that were on his skin, like the the uh, I forgot what they were like scabs or something that they go right. onto her cheeks, and you can kind of even see that transition. And then his mm-hmm. legs shoot up, like his body's aware of what's happening, but he's not. <laughs> right. And then he comes back down. He's perfectly fine. And then she does like the seducing, like tongue lick, going, "Thanks for the treat." I'm just like, right. of course, the, mm, delicious. Yeah, and of Gotta course, and of course, Luffy will be unconscious throughout this whole thing, and just go. Oh, I'm better now. I guess I'm hungry again. <laughs> As they go <laughs> towards uh, the first of their stops, which is uh, Coco Island. Right, Coco? Yeah, Cacao. Ca- oh, Cacao. Same, same difference, though. I mean, let's be real. Can I, can I call no, it no Cocoa? Yeah, no <laughs> one cares. Cacao. Um, I assume. Yeah. I'm not actually sure, but I don't care. Yeah. So they basically established that Cacao Island is like, and a part of an archipelago of like the whole cake archipelago. I don't know. Was it? Where's that? Is it ever say the whole name of that location? Because the arc's name is Whole Cake Island, uh, but that's yeah, like I the think main. That's island. that's. I think it's kind of a both, right? I think Whole Cake yeah. Island is both the name of the central plateau and of, as the whole, like you know, yeah, whole cake archipelago conglomeration of all the. Islands. Yeah. Well, either way, they go to Cacao Island. Um, after their run-in with Germa Six Six. Oh, we also learned that. Um. Uh, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later when we actually go head, like, head first into Germa. Or oh, sorry, yeah, Germa. Yeah, because there's the, the brief cutaway to some other Germa, but, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to that eventually. Uh, they get to Cacao Island, and the entire place is just literally made of chocolate. Like, it is a child's dream. Fuck it. It's an adult stream of just everything is candy. Fuck it. There's a very unique set of rule system, yeah. too, where it's like, you can't eat the support beams, you can't eat the windows, you can't eat the roofs. Those are under jurisdiction of the Minister of Biscuits, Minister of Candy, but anything else, you can eat. <laughs> and I'm just like, how does it work then? Because what if you have someone like Luffy? Oh, and they're eating everything. <laughs> right away, like, on cue. <laughs> Luffy yeah. and, and uh, Chopper. Chop- yeah, Chopper just diving in, just getting fat right away. Um, And this is like, Two seconds after, like, we're just establishing, like, oh, we're here, by the way. Like, Nami gets a wardrobe change, of course. Um, <laughs> and I know there's a moment, too, where, like, Brooke is looking up, and it's supposed to be, like, again, like, sexual harassment. But I like to think that, in this case, there's, like, Sailor Moon logic, or One Piece logic, where even that low of an angle, he doesn't see anything. Right? Yeah. It's just, like, it's it's just, like, it's just nothing. It's just nothing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's the logic. It doesn't matter anyway, because he got fucking kicked the fuck out. Um. But yeah, Dundalk, great. If you've seen anything from Oktoberfest. You know, I want to you know. talk about, like, the topography and just everything about Whole Cake, but it's so intricately tied to Big Mom that I don't know. Wait. Uh, I think we can do it now, really, if you want to. Uh, I don't have that much notes on me right now of, of that, but I know we Honestly, have I don't either. Do I just, because I'm, like, super familiar with this art because it's so recent, you know? 
and I tend to revisit like the recent stuff way more oh, frequently. Oh God, it is because more I'm recent. like, yeah, because I'm like, oh, did something happen? Like, oh, they just said that, and I'll go back to Whole Cake and reread like, right. and end up rereading like half of it again and be like, oh wow, so that you know, because it's just like basically one arc ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, so it's, yeah, we, I'm pretty familiar with Whole Cake, so I don't really take notes for this one. Yeah, but as you were talking about the topography, yeah, so in this case, the first island, like straight up the vat, would be like a great place for like a tour spot if you know if it weren't for the Grand Line. Like first location, it's literally just chocolate. I love yeah. the small detail. Yeah, that... I want to go there. I would definitely <laughs> want to go there. So this would be like one of your top locations if you were to. Like visit we this said, place. we we were gushing about Water Seven. Like that's probably still top one. Just I think the architecture and the whole vibe of that just looks really beautiful. But as mm -hmm. far as like a, a really, I want to be a touristy stop and just you know kind of let loose. I think Whole Cakes where I'm headed to. So I was thinking only about if this. I don't have to pay in in life, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah the the soul token, the life yeah. token. Um, we'll we'll cover that more again later too. But I would agree with you and say yes because I'm thinking too of like, dude, if there's gonna be one place that has like the best chocolate cake, the best ice cream, the best whatever, it's gotta be here. Oh, dude, right? I bet the ice cream's like that perfect kind of creamy, and it, it never melts. It just stays at the perfect eating temperature for some reason. Dude, we're recording for, like, the next two hours. Please do not do this to me. <laughs> or I'm just going to be like, oh, I'll be thinking of the best fucking ice cream possible. There's, unfortunately, two things that made me go, it's not top three for me. And it's, one of them is selfish, and one of them I think you can get. The one I okay. think you can get is, have you ever been to a chocolate shop, and you're overwhelmed by the smell because it was so strong? Yeah. It probably smells I, really sweet everywhere in that island. Yeah, so it's not overwhelming in the sense that it's bad. It's overwhelming because your senses are literally saying it's too good, but listen, all your like your feel-good hormones, your pheromones, we're going nuts. Can you please stick a step out, right? I feel like that might be an issue in Coco. Not outdoors, right? Because obviously you have an open sky. Well, and, there, but, and nose blindness is an, is an actual thing. So I think after a while you might just kind of adapt that yeah that is definitely true um when i went to the movie theater for a while uh you got used to the smell of popcorn for example like it right just, it just eventually never... your brain just kind of filters it out right yeah but as a tourist you're first stepping off the off your boat and going to Co uh, cacao island and i'm just like okay i know it's gonna smell fantastic but as soon as i go into a shop it's gonna that smell of chocolate is gonna be literally all corners around me yeah i feel like i might be a bit overwhelmed so that's a small issue though right because that's just one island throughout the whole archipelago because i would just go to ice cream island or whatever the main issue oh, i have man. is oh like, yeah ice cream the... island that's what i'm talking about <laughs> the only issue i have is a one panel throwaway when they're sailing to the next island later on and they get introduced to seawater ants i the fucking yeah. can't i hate ants me too so much and these are like giant size like honey i shrunk the kid size well you know if you're regular and they're swimming through the ocean, and you have to literally use devil powers to keep them asleep or occupied somewhere else. And I'm just well, like, they're not even swimming through the ocean. The ocean like turns into candy, and they just walk on it. Oh god! And I and I feel like that's a bit too much. <laughs> or I'm just like, listen, giant ants. Like I don't want to have to recreate Starship Troopers when I'm trying to tour uh, Whole Cake <laughs> Island and just right. eradicate the bugs. I don't want to have to do that. It's still a top five, but it's like if I'm going to Whole Cake Island, I'm I'm bringing a flamethrower and a bunch of ammo. With my money, okay. You have to, right. have to go prepared, you know? <laughs> of course, of course. All right, so we're getting... Yeah, so that's basically what I like about Whole Cake, where it's like it's literally just food-themed everywhere. Um, as we'll go into a bit as well, 
there's definitely a motif and theme throughout this island too, which is also a reason why I probably wouldn't want to go because that creeps me out a bit, is the Alice in Wonderland theme, where everything is like so perfect and joyful and happy. Look, Big Mom is just the queen of hearts, only she's a cannibal and can, and you know, take Dude, part of your life. Yeah, Big Mom is, I will say, while we're on it, I guess we can talk mm-hmm. about Big Mom, right? We're all, while we're also talking about Whole Cake Island, because it's kind of like her playground. It is her utopia. Yeah, because Big Mom, she's a kin, a conglomerate. Is that mm-hmm. the right word? She's all these different like ideas, and she is the evil queen archetype. But she's also the overgrown child. She's also really like a psychopath, and she's oh, also uh, like the evil witch in the woods. All this together, all and there are these all these tales. different vibes tied mm-hmm. into this creepy ass whole cake island, which is it's it's her childlike fantasy, right? That she's trying to make it like super idyllic. Mm-hmm. In the way but, that she wants everyone to see it, but it's super not, and it's super scary. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it when you said she's an overgrown child, because it's a child's perspective, where, look, everything is happy and joyful. Look, I have one of everyone on my island, therefore everything yeah, is Yeah, it's like, and we all love each other, and when you say, like, why? Because I say so. <laughs> and she yeah. can enforce it, right? She's, it's like, because I say so. That's the end of the of Big Mom's, like, character, right? Mm. What she says goes, and... She has, like, a, a childlike will, basically, is where she won't, like, take no for an answer, and she won't wait even one second for, for what she wants. And an uh, overgrown child with an insane power, too. Something that's almost as creepy, almost as creepy as Sugar from Dressrosa, but arguably more powerful, because... I still don't know the exact limitations other than there's a certain emotion you need to have, which I think we'll get into more in part two. Yeah. How, like, how the power works exactly. But as far as we know, yes, she has the ability to take people's lives. And it's an amount, uh, amount of years literally taken off your span. So if you thought like the Death Note from that series was overpowered because, hey, you can literally end someone's life in 45 seconds or you can essentially give yourself like an insane power if you cut your life in half. Big Mom's version is just, no, all I have to do is be near you, and I can literally exchange your lifespan and just give it to myself, or I can put it into these inanimate objects so I can have my, you know, my fairy tale trees are singing, the ground is singing. And all the trees are my spies. (laughs) Exactly. And because it's her soul, they they all act like her in some way. Maybe not as cruel or evil because they're subordinates. But they have that same childlike, uh, yeah, and they all have like they all have a piece of her in them. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll see. Definitely see much more of that in part two as well with a certain character that comes around. <laughs> it probably gets his will, but we'll see definitely more of that. Um, so I guess the big thing because we're like jumping around a little bit, but the main thing that happens in Kakao Island, uh, I, I feel like I'm not even saying it wrong. Kakao Island. <laughs> yeah, it's meeting pudding. Is meeting pudding. And that was when we mentioned earlier Luffy and Chopper going ape shit on uh, a building. People are getting mad because they didn't have permission. And then Pudding actually comes in and saves the day and goes, "Oh no, I totally told them to. Eat. Uh, I totally told them to eat the building. Here, let me help you eat it." And she gets the funnel. And maybe I'm, oh no, I'm it's fine. The These guys are—they're my demolition crew. It's cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then exactly, and then they meet apparently Sanji's fiance. And Luffy didn't even know that his real dream job was out there somewhere. <laughs> yep, just, yeah, exactly, construction crew for Whole Cake. <laughs> the construction on Whole Cake Island, yep, the perfect but job for Luffy. Demolition division, absolutely. 
Oh, uh, yeah, if the uh, King of Piracy doesn't work out, he can always come back here. And assuming he gave me on good terms with the people here. Right. Which I don't think might not be happening. But we'll see. Who knows? Um, There's a big thing that happens in their conversation where apparently Sanji and Pudding are on good terms. There was a conversation that she reveals that they had where Sanji goes, I would love to actually be with you, but I have to join my crew. Much to the, the amazing panel of everyone going, Sanji turned down a girl? What yeah. the fuck? But ultimately it's like, yeah, but putting respect to that. And now she actually, she understands that Sanji is being forced against his will, basically into this marriage. And she wants to help him out. She goes to Straw Hats, like, you know, a route to go directly to Whole Cake Island and try and go to Ch the Chateau directly to rescue him. And they're like, okay, she seems like a good person. She seems very friendly. She's helping out. I'm sure she'll be nice the whole way through, right? She's even got the, the jelly, the flying carpet. She's got, again, the innocent pigtails. Like, what could go wrong, right? Um, What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Uh, While this is going on as well, and they leave, right? Uh, I have to remember, too, that we all, the Straw Hats have three additional guests with them. It's Peckham's, Pedro, and Carrot. Peckham's is gone. He leaves a note saying, turn back. Um, I'm not sure if he leaves or if he's kidnapped here, because there's a plot point later on that's kind of important with them later. That does happen in part one. But the note is just implied that they think it's Peckham's, and it says, leave, turn back. I'm like, oh, okay. But we're not. Whatever. <laughs> and we get some, uh, we get a little detail of uh, an update on our boy that I'm cons super convinced, still, even more so after this arc, he is officially a straw hat, and that's Jim Bay. He is hey. on this he is on this island, and he's uh doing a bit of uh police work trying to control Big Mom's uh hunger tantrums while like she's having like this musical of like like you know, you sent me the clip of the anime where they have like this really perfect blend of like creepy and yet it's supposed to be update uh, uh, upbeat, but you're just like, oh, there's something weird about this. This is a, this is a bit too happy. And then while it's going on, there's like cutaway panels to like her crew massacring people on other islands just to get ingredients for a perfect wedding cake. The length she will go to get her perfect vision, her perfect cake, her perfect wedding, her perfect island. It's it's a bit scary. <laughs> the length yeah. she will go. But in the midst of this, she's having a hunger tantrum. I forget what they actually call it, but she I has think it's like just a hunger pain. Hunger, yeah, hunger pain. That's what they called it. And she had like a specific urge that she had for what we learn later is her childhood treat. Croak I can't pronounce. What's it called? Crocombush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the treat that she wanted. And apparently, the only way to quell that pain is to give her exactly what she urges at that moment. Which, in case, it's the croaker. The what? Croaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine the treats the treats <laughs> they looks good um they are very good to the point where we see big mom go into full-on like titan mode from attack on titan and her own her i think 25th son is trying to stop her going mom please find it in yourself there's family here please stop and then she's just not even caring and then she just asks the phrase life or treat and then I guess he chose life because he didn't offer the treat. And she just sucked 40 years out of him right there. It turns out he wasn't yeah. going to live longer than 40 years. Natural causes. He just dies right there. <laughs> just her Rip own son. Moscato. I didn't even write down his name. <laughs> <laughs> but that unfortunately happened to that fucking dude. And 
it really occurred to me right there, especially when we get a better explanation later on in the Seducing Woods. Holy shit, Big Mom is just Shang Soon from Mortal Kombat. She all instead of going life or treat, she just has to go. Your soul is mine. <laughs> just sucks yeah, the soul out of the person. Oh my god! Like she might not. She doesn't have the same look, obviously. But I think Big Mom has an advantage over Shang Tsung, depending on which version we're talking about, though. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give that heavily in Big Mom's favor. I don't know. The end of MK11 had Shang Tsung very powerful for uh, spoiler reasons, but <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't played it, so I could, that. <laughs> but, but Big Mom is crazy, yeah. as we see oh. here, and her devil fruit is crazy. Absolutely, she can literally suck people's souls, and as we mentioned all as well, she can transfer to other people as well. But like a hero, like a badass hero, Jinbei, former warlord of the sea, has the treat ready. It completely calms her down. She becomes like this very jovial, happy person, like a child, going, "Ooh, I love this treat! Oh my god!" And Jinbei formally requests to leave. Uh, the big mom pirates, he already did this earlier with his own son pirates. His own crew was very supportive of this. Big mom seemingly was very supportive at first, going, oh, absolutely. Just spin the wheel. And you're just going, what's the wheel? But you can just see, you can connect the dots before she even fully explains it by looking at the roulette. You see numbers, you see limbs, you see a head, you see a skull, you see her. And you're just like, oh, straight up. This is the price. You want to leave my crew early? Sure. But I'm going to do a Davy Jones thing from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, um, Dead Man's Chest, where he goes, no, you have to offer me your life. You have to offer me like 50 years of service before I let you go. And Big Mom's case, oh, I'll let you do it. And I can like, even accelerate it for you, but you're going to feel it. <laughs> it's because I'm just going to suck it right out. Jinbei, wisely so, or even normally so, decides... You know, it's not worth it. I, 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 I rescind the withdrawal. I'll think of something else. So he tries. He tries to do it honorably. He tries to do it officially. Obviously, he can't do it without losing his life to it, and would eventually just be useless because he'd be too old. Actually, how how old do how long do fishmen live? Do we did they establish that? Uh, I don't think it has actually. If their lifespan is any different from normal human. Yeah, like I'm guessing it's not the same as a fish. I, I would assume it's the same <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So. At this point, so this is what Jinbei's going on about. Like, he's on the island that's established, but it didn't go so well. Meanwhile, back with the Straw Hats, they get to what I mentioned already, the Seducing Woods. And we definitely go, like, almost... Well, some of them what? get to the Seducing Woods. Some what of happens them. before that Correct. is Brooke and Pedro take uh, the Sunny's Sub. new submarine, Shark Submarine yeah. 3. And they decide that while, like, hey, you know, we're already here, we might as well go see what's up with that road Poneglyph that she's supposed exactly. to have somewhere. Mm -hmm. They split so up. So Brooke, Brooke is going on an espionage mission, getting backed up by Pedro, which that is really interesting to me. See, when I first saw that, I was like, whoa, okay, okay, Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't know this Pedro, but I'm interested. Brooke needs a moment. This would be a good opportunity. He's going for the important objective. Sorry, the second important objective. Yeah, he, he's like, <laughs> he's sticking to the overarching plot here, you know? Like, exactly. Like, yeah, we got some other stuff to do. I'm going to keep us on track, and I'm going to get this real Poneglyph. That's yeah. what we need. Don't forget, we need that road poneglyph. And then we find out my mom doesn't have just one poneglyph. She has three in total in her treasure chambers. And one of them is the road poneglyph, right? The one that we knew for sure. Yeah, one road poneglyph and two other two other ones. Some types. Who the fuck knows is written on any of the three? 
because I'm still, um, you know, I'm still convinced that the red poneglyphs, right? Like, well, you convinced me you need all four to find that exact spot because there might be some riddles or some like clues. Yeah. Some kind of referencing, you know, like a yeah, cipher with, or something. Yeah. Within the poneglyphs. Um, so I'm interested in exactly what it details because we never really learned exactly what the first one had in Zhao. We just knew coordinates. But I feel like there's more to it. Like, once you get all four, like you said, you need to cross-reference. You need to, like, do, like, some overlaying shit where you have to put, like, all the intel on top of each other and go, oh, I can do some Da Vinci shit with this. So, again, that part I'm really curious about. So, while Book Brooke and Pedro are doing that, we get the other Straw Hats, including Carrot. Um, yeah, plus Carrot. Plus Carrot. Into the Seducing Witch. She's basically, like, a, a friend or, like, a temporary Straw Hat at this point. Um, for how long she's been with the crew these 80 chapters so yeah, right plus like the, basically the 25 where she was in so for most of it mm-hmm. although yeah although again she I didn't do much in like, so though that's true yeah again anything. yeah wanda again was like the one i was thinking like well she's the one talking the most and then carrot was just there nibbling on luffy's ear the whole time and then seducing was they go oda just goes full on alice in wonderland here and it gets trippy for a little bit with the yeah when they run into one of the daughters who has like mirror powers, because uh, when Luffy, really? yeah, when Luffy is fighting himself and the crew is like trying to run, but they keep going in circles and or they run into the clone again. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on? When I was first reading it, it was so hard to follow, but it was intentional, right? Where you're like, no, you're just as confused as they are because they don't know what's going on. They keep running into this guy on the ground named Pound, right? His name is Pound. Um, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he just goes, hi, hi, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. And they're just constantly trying to escape. And the thing that did stick out to me right away was when, by the way, scary ass power, the mirror ability able to like exactly replicate the power too of the person and be evenly matched. Like that's a bit, that's a bit too strong. Honestly, hers is like, it reminds me, interestingly enough, as this is kind of the Andy's Lobby parallel, if you will, of mm -hmm. uh, Bruno, the door-door fruit, but like a way better version. Yeah, definitely. Much more OP, if you would, because not only can she copy someone's form and abilities, she literally has her own dimension as well in her mirrors. And I'm like, that's a, that's a bit too much. <laughs> but at the same time, she's not like OP as hell because she's an old lady and she's, you know, she got, she was too arrogant at one point. She, she's OP the, in other ways and like she's almost uncatchable yeah right whereas if she can escape into her own dimension which that's pretty op yeah but then we uh get that uh segment later with chopper and carrot uh right. what i did want to point out was i knew right away which one was the real or fake luffy just from the scar on his face which was a great tell because it was consistent when the first time right. um because the straw hats they kind of separate from luffy for temper uh for a bit then they seemingly run into him again and even way before he goes, like, wait, don't go out that way. That's, uh, never mind. I got nothing to say. Never mind. It's just like, okay, that's the obvious tell. That's the fake one right there. That, that scar on his cheek is on the wrong cheek. And I'm just like, vote to kick. Vent that motherfucker yeah, out so in space. <laughs> vote to kick. If you don't do it, it's going to fucking kill you. That fucking imposter. And that whole time. So it felt good that that was just, like, verified for sure that was the imposter. Um, there's also the dialogue I shared on Twitter where they run into like a crocodile under the bridge that has like the top hat and the clothes. Oh, I, that's like one of my favorite moments from the arc. Yeah, 
And then Nami, for some fucking reason, is like, why? It's so weird. Why is there a crocodile talking with clothes? It's like, I just imagine. I imagine going, <laughs> oh, shit. You know, like losing her mind. Like, there's a crocodile wearing clothes and a hat. And Chopper's just there like, bruh. Yeah, like everything else was just like venting because you're just so mad and shocked. So you're just venting. You're just saying random shit. But you're saying the stupidest shit because then you look at yeah. your the friends. Two thirds of them are animals with hats and clothes that talk to you. Just, brilliant. I love that moment. And even Luffy is going, you think that's weird? <laughs> He's like, you clearly haven't been paying attention. Yeah, Nami, you can't just say that. Hey, Nami <laughs> doesn't see race, you know? Everyone's just people. Uh, <laughs> but Nami can, sadly. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But, okay, so we got that hiccup going on. Um... Brule, right? That's the that's the character's yeah, name. In the mirror. That's yeah, the mirror girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also run into such a one shot villain that ha- that's only like in two or three panels or pages. But Crane Rider Randolph the rabbit is there too, and I'm right. like, what a cool, sick design for someone. It's like even like I I was personally like hoping for those uh Yeti brothers to be interesting in uh Punk Hazard. But design-wise, they were kind of boring because they had the shorts. And it's like, like, dude, Chewbacca doesn't wear shorts, okay? Why are you guys wearing shorts? That kind of killed it. In this case, Randolph is like, he looks fucking sick. If Zoro was here, he might be actually a, the sword fighter guy, right? If you're always having, like, the officers to match up, Randolph might be the sword fighter. He's there for, like, three uh, chapters, I think, at the most. And then we just never really see him after that. Which is unfortunate, because aesthetically... I mean, at at the end of the day, he's just another homie, you know? (laughs) I forgot, yeah. The actual uh, crew... Or the actual... um, Not the crew members. It's the the objects or animals that were brought to life via Big Mom's powers. They're literally called homies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All all the... the, Everything, even like inanimate objects are the homies. Again, yeah, that childlike homies. wonder, just Big Mom going, oh yeah, these are my homies. <laughs> that's like, like such a good name, honestly. I'd be like, man, that was that's a good name. Like, yeah, these are my, I call these my homies. I'd be like, fuck, that's good. Yeah, I just know, like, shrug- I yeah, exactly. I just shrugged. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. That's funny, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have the moment where, like, Brulee reveals herself, right? Nami manages to escape. But Chopper and Carrot are captured into, I guess, what I, I, I wrote down Mirrorverse. Uh, alternate dimension, yeah, mirror land. Mirror dimension. Yeah, and then while Luffy is trying to find them, he accidentally reunites with Nami because he's just constantly just grabbing anything and everything. And then Nami is just constantly screaming at him. And he goes, "Oh, you're the real Nami, of course." Yeah, <laughs> when he's rounding up all the fakes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then that's when we run into Pound. He explains the soul power, right? The soul soul fruit. We also learn that Pound was. I thought he was the first husband of Big Mom. Apparently, that's incorrect. He's just one of the husbands? Uh, I don't think it's specified first. Just one. Okay, yeah. Uh, actually, no. I can I can say it doesn't say that, but we can we can work out that he definitely is not. Because we know that Lola and Chiffon were not the first kids. Okay, right? so... Oh, They're not oldest daughter, so it can't be the first husband. Okay, I think I misread that then, because I thought Lola was, it was said to be the first daughter, but... At the same time, it didn't really match too well, because I think there were other people there, like Brule, for example, that looked much older. No, yeah, L- Brule is one of the oldest daughters. Lola yeah. and Chiffon are much, much younger. They're yeah. somewhere in the 20s. 
Unless Lola just happens to age really well. Who knows? <laughs> no, they're, they're, I'm, I'm sure of it. It's 20-something. Lola's a 20-something okay, okay, okay. daughter, and Brule is a single digit, like, sixth I, or seventh daughter. I can only cover my own misreading for so long. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine. It's, yeah, but he was an old flame of Big Mom. And, oh. you know, as we just said, mother of Siphon and Lola. Yeah, and... What I was, what was driving me nuts on the first read, like I was texting Justin nonstop through the night, going, like there was a little tease about this moment, like back when they were talking to Pudding for the first time, and I'm like, dude, I know we we have to know this character, right? We know this character, right? It's not coming up. What's coming up? What is it? And unfortunately, I never guessed it until they actually revealed it here. I was just happy that okay, so I my gut was right, but my guesses were wrong. I think one of my guesses was Alvita, but then I was just like, ah, eh, that doesn't make sense because I couldn't remember anyone who was like obviously like looking for a husband unfortunately because even back on our thriller bark episode i think we didn't really talk about lola much at all because that side plot was you know kind of like the the normal part of that arc whereas everything else like were like the critiques and the fun parts. a lot of people already knew it was lola coming into this but i think uh, the second biggest and it hasn't even necessarily been disproven yet it's just some people still think there's a connection between jory bonnie the supernova just because pink hair because she eats, eats a lot. Yeah. yeah. So she could be related, but not sure yet. Yeah. I mean, possibly. Who knows? Um, I guess. Well, actually, no. Because they established that Lola was the only one that ran away. So maybe uh, Super Rookie might be a, a cousin or like a relative. Right. But not like a daughter Just Some kind of relation or. Yeah. I mean, technically, here's uh, let me an interesting theory. She could be Big Mom's mom? Grandma? Hmm? Yeah, hmm. Jory Bonnie? Which, with her powers, she could be theoretically any age. Wait, does does eating make her younger? Well no, she can age people up and down, remember? Including herself. Because when I... she saved when she saved Zoro, she was like pretending to be a little kid. Wait. And she turned Marines that... into kids. Wait, I don't I That's her really her power don't... is is age control, so she could theoretically age herself so she could be any age and just make oh, herself oh wow i do not remember that at all so you're saying she's basically sunati from naruto <laughs> but to everyone yeah, but she can also her. do it to other people yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and that could also that's also her power not like just a, a, an aesthetic thing she does yeah it's um, fruit ability yeah so i actually did not know that at all i actually was unclear what her powers were but if that's the case yeah that theory could hold true but this is the most important thing i I came out of this, right? Because Pound saying he was one of many husbands. And we kind of learned that, yeah, Big Mom has, in fact, like, what, 70, 80 kids total. And I'm just going, holy shit. Big Mom fucks, dude. <laughs> More than 80, anyone in the series so far. 80 kids. Exactly. In a series in which like, you're like, it's possible to say everyone, including the horny characters, are, in fact, asexual because nothing really happens. And then you have Big Mom over here. Like, yeah, Evidence. she probably has more confirmed fucks Evidence. than every other character that's ever been in the history she of Shonen Jump ha she has, combined. She has hard evidence of at least 80 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hard evidence. Yeah, it's like, it's I, like 80-something confirmed times, you know? That's a lot for Shonen oh Jump. Oh my god. That's tough. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, too, because I'm just like, of all the characters, because... You know, One Piece is definitely one of those series, like other shonen as well, where all the character, all the women are like really sexy, really gorgeous most of the time. Big Mom is not one of those characters, but because of her power and influence, she's like, it doesn't fucking matter. She's got the power. And plus, yeah, she's big her, fucking mom. Yeah. And at this point, her age, she's probably really good at it too. 
who knows? Maybe she had an easier time <laughs> after the first five because she knew exactly what to do and just go, listen, I just need a baby, okay? Because I want this marriage, all right? I need the, the kid, right? So we, I get your resource and shit. Okay, boom, baby's done. All right, pound into the forest. <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> hey, she made that She made that her business, dude. She would have got good at it. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm just imagining Shang Tsung just... <laughs> this baby maker Shang Tsung. <laughs> Damn, I hate my brain sometimes, dude. All right, all right. Enough, enough of the, enough of the big mom shit. Sorry for putting that in yeah, your let's, head. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's fast track now to yeah. So we're in the seducing woods, and this is where we eventually encounter Cracker. Yeah, uh, interesting name, next, right? <laughs> a literal name, but probably well, for the English translation. Everyone, they're all named like that. Brulee, no, Cracker, partic- Katakuri partic- is, is particularly a type of- Cracker. Cracker oh. just sounds weird, <laughs> right? So I'm just like, oh, okay, okay, well, sure. Just that one is, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just taking the joke. Uh, but yeah, we get uh, Cracker. He's one of the, uh, he's not one of the sweet three, right? He's a top officer, though? He is. Or... He's oh, he is, okay. He's sweet commanders. Okay, he's one of the sweet three. Okay, that's, that explains why this fight takes so long. So yeah, He's very, very strong. He's like roughly, I mean, he's not, but he's equal to Katakuri, right? In, uh... <laughs> in, in status. That's why I say oh, he's status. not, but status. he is like that level of, you know. He's okay, like okay. Zoro Luffy is to Zoro and Sanji are to Luffy to Big Mom. It's kind yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. idea. Because I was gonna say Katakuri is like, no, he was like the toughie. I thought he was like the big tough one for sure. Yeah. But Katakuri um, is the Zoro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Cracker is like his main thing is like he can literally sprout like crackers and sweets to like create like his ultimate defensive armors and shields and weapons. So so powerful that even like Harmamic uh, Gear Four Luffy can't break them easily. Honestly, Cracker is like stupidly strong. I was gonna say that. Like, I'm looking at these food powers, and I'm thinking, yeah. like, I would not imagine he these had food powers hundreds of like fully, basically. I guess he's like puppeteering them, soldiers, and each one of them is almost capable of defeating a Gear Four level Luffy for that, hours. Like that is insane <laughs> for tens of hours too while this is going on too it's a little ridiculous i was gonna say that too like one of the parts it's it's a personal issue where i'm like i get we're on the grand line this is a the one of the emperor's crew but their powers are all candy related and i'm just like i can only go so far into thinking how like how sturdy and powerful candy is and i'm just thinking like Candy? <laughs> As being <laughs> yeah. like this this ultimate defense? I was thinking if anything, that's I why I can see it. I guess if, if you can decide what ingredients go into the biscuits somehow in some weird roundabout way, I can see you yeah. making them pretty hard. I literally put hockey into my candy, therefore it's hockey on hockey. <laughs> right. Hockey within, <laughs> yeah. hockey without. Um I think oh, the character I was gonna say, uh the one I didn't mind at all was uh Pero Sparrow. He looks like the Mad Hatter. Yeah, Petal Spittle. He's the one that just literally just, like, controls candy and then uh, sends it out. So that's, like, quantity, and that's where the power is. And I, that made sense. But Cracker's, like, ultimate defenses that are so powerful <laughs> that Luffy can't punch through with brute force. I'm just like, that's a little too strong. But, yeah, it's, like, stupidly good. Whatever. But I do forgive this because at the end of the 10-hour mark, I don't know how the anime is, because in the manga, it literally goes from one chapter, and the next chapter, ten hours later. Also, I'll just say that, when it comes to down to power stuff, going forward from this point, I always say, is that as stupid as the birdcage? <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's not. I'm okay it's not. with it. 
No, it's moving not. on. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's, honestly, it's not. Yeah, honestly, it's not. You converted me that Bird Cage was way too OP, like way too much. Yeah, <laughs> but Cracker is still it's really good, but not like not Birdcage level. Yeah. But what I do like about this fight is kind of what you mentioned maybe last week or two weeks ago somewhere. I think I, I think talking a about couple Nami. of times I mentioned this. Yeah, but last week specifically I mentioned this too. Yeah, yeah, because or... we you said that she really would shine in like a one v two or you know so as a support position. Exactly. Which, man, I had to really hold back because yep. I, I was like, man, that's literally about to happen. And we literally get this here. It's as small as it is. It's the support role. It's the support move essential to uh I, I excuse the pun crack cracker's patience because she uses rain right and it softens all the food <laughs> and then luffy goes yeah i've been fighting for the last 10 hours so i'm exhausted and starts eating all the powers right because they're still sweet they're still they're so salty yep, sweet whatever those they crackers are. yep and then cracker gets so impatient he does in fighting game terms he does a raw level three without comboing into it like a newbie Luffy reads this <laughs> like an expert and does his own level three to counter the raw level three, knocks the fuck out of Cracker and sends him flying. Right? And that's basically the end of that fight. It was a great way to end it. Like, not as flashy as a lot of the fight. You're going to hear me say this a lot, too. Not as flashy. Not as flashy as, like, the, the moments in Dres Rosa, for example, with the other straw hats. But it's still satisfying nonetheless because they're peppered throughout. Yeah. And, and just like when I, I agree, I know what uh, you were going to say is that it kind of just immediately jumps like, ooh, 10 hours later. So it yeah. does kind of lose some effect to like, but I say when you consider that she fought with Luffy 10 hours, it gives me some respect for her in a new way. That's why I mentioned that too, because 10 hours later, that seems like, oh, if this was a good time for anime filler, it would totally be this part right here. <laughs> like, listen, we caught up way too quickly to the manga. We need to fill out two two weeks worth. Give us some time. All right, these next two episodes, it's just Nami and Luffy versus Cracker the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's like. If you do Dragon Ball Z time, that's 20 episodes of a fight. I, I was thinking two. That's pussy shit. Yeah, you said 20. That's much better. <laughs> 20 episodes worth. Yeah, um, I'm thinking back to Namek, you know? Mm hmm. Oh, boy. That, that, oh, that freeze up fight. No, I'm not even going there. Yeah, okay, not no. even going there. <laughs> um, another uh, plot point that is interesting that I did remember. Once it was brought up, was the the Viva card that Nami got, that that was very cleverly utilized because they established again how the soul power is used. That Viva card has Big Mom's soul power in it too, and that's how that works. And then all the inhabitants of the forest are freaked the fuck out by the presence of Big Mom, quote unquote. So big, so Nami pretends to be Big Mom in a sense and commands like ki like King Bomb and the Force to stop like messing with their minds to stop moving around, making them think they're going in circles. And they get out of there because she's like she, like pretends to be like you know Big Bob. You they like fuck they with can't you. like deny her basically, right? When she has yeah. like, Big Mom's soul in her hand. Yeah, and then King Bomb. Is, oh my god, dude! I wrote down in my notes, King Bomb sprouts puns all day. I hate myself, dude. Why would I? <laughs> Dude, oh, I gave you, you did this. One. You, the choice you made. Oh, oh my god! But yeah, King Bomb is. I think I mentioned that last time, right? Where I was worried that this arc was gonna be full of unsufferable puns. King Bomb is the only one with like the majority of the puns, and one of them did make me laugh, which was him when he called himself a sap. And I'm like, you know what? That's funny. That one, that one was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that one was funny. Everything else though was dog shit, trash. <laughs> but that one I give the the credit to. Um, yeah. So Crackers defeated. They get out of the seducing woods. 
Um, Brooke and Pedro find the location of the vault that we talked about. And, oh, we get an update on uh, Clown. I forgot, I keep forgetting this character exists. He's like a primary motivator for the plot. And I forget he exists. <laughs> Caesar, yeah. God, you know what? That's just something we forgot to mention last time, too, on Zal. Even the Straw Hats don't remember this guy's name. When they're at the foot of uh, Zunisha, they're going, quick, we need to get back to, like, uh, Zoro. Uh, and, oh, no, sorry, they were with Zoro. They're, we need to find Nami and Sanji and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that gas guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I'm the same boat, man. I refuse to call him Caesar. Um, but yeah, Clown is given two weeks to finish that research. Um, I will say I want to mention this because it kind of does help uh, establish somewhat the importance of Punk Hazard. My least favorite arc, no surprise. Um, no shock. But it did establish that, no, directly he was doing the giant, gi- giantification research for Big Mom. It wasn't for the world government. It was for Big Mom specifically. And, and we know why, because she wants like One every type of race to be in, in Hulkic Island. And we learned here that she has some kind of beef. Which we actually learn what it is also with the giant. A little later, yeah. A little later, yeah. But she wants one of the giants. Even though she looks like a giant herself. Uh, she, I mean, she's giant size. That's for darn, damn sure. She's close, yeah. at least. But, like, yeah. I guess, like, bloodline culture-wise, she is not a giant. So that's why it's just like... Yeah, she, she is like a... She's a very large human that looks mm. like a giant, but she is not a giant. Yeah. So that is seducing Woods. Uh, oh, we also get to... We see that Peckham's... That's why, that's why I said earlier I wasn't sure if Peckham's was actually kidnapped and uh, the note was a fake or that that was just a note and coincidence. Because here we see Peckham's is shot and killed. We think he's killed by the super rookie Capone. He's back here too. And it's like this very like standoff. Oh, he's on the edge of the cliff. And Capone, I forget if he asks the question here. We learn, we know, we learn he, later what he he's did to ask, do. but we didn't get to hear it. Okay, not at this point, right? He asked them a yeah. question, and we hear the answer. Of course, Peckham's going no, and Peckham's is swimming with the fishes now. Um, literally. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the, some meaty shit. All right, Germa let's get into six, the, the six. real, real shit. Yeah. Yeah. The, my my anticipation, my what I wanted with the Eni's lobby, right, of the new world. So Germa six six. Um, I'll start slow, right? So, Derma 6-6, we learned much earlier, they basically sell their services because they're just a bunch of super powerful military mercenaries at this point. They use the funds to help with their science funding to use the the realm of science to create the ultimate being, void of emotion. And I'm just like, I have heard this somewhere before and I'm getting a little worried here. <laughs> I'm getting a little worried here. Oh my god. And then we learn also that they don't really have a capital. Like, they don't have an island of operations. They have, instead, a fleet of ships that, when they're combined, it's like a sea craft carrier, where it's just all the ships together. Then you have, like, your little castle right there, right? Yeah, it's so like a bunch of big, giant snails. Mm-hmm. Big snails put together, then you get, like, again, like, your big, giant carrier. Yeah, another, like, really, really interestingly unique location. Quote-unquote location, but... Oh, Absolutely. And we learn they conquered the entirety of the North Blue. The entirety of the North Blue is under jurisdiction of Germa 6-6. Yeah, so that's huge. Like a quarter that, of the world. Yeah, so Sanji is related to a royal family that's conquered almost or about like 20-25% of the One Piece world. So Foreshadowed. 
back all the way back in Thriller Mark. Mm-hmm. When yeah, which we talked about briefly, but in case anyone doesn't know, Sanji, what was the exact quote? Do you remember? He said, "Like I'm get, or the most problematic I, person on this crew is me." Like something trust along me, those lines. Takuma, when he's trying to get like Kuma to not push all the pain on Zoro, but instead to push it onto himself. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so if it were to be a trouble, it would be me and not him. Yeah, so it, something to those lines, which which yeah. definitely seems to foreshadow this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lucy foreshadowed that. Um, like in Zhao as well, it was foreshadowed as well in Jaya when he was a little unclear of where he was raised or where he grew up because he said he was from the North Blue, but he was raised in East Blue. Right, he, it, he literally said it. He told mm-hmm. us that. Yeah, and then they point out on the map last arc too where it's like, oh, you have to cross that whole landmass. That's no easy feat. It's basically crossing from the Pacific to the Atlantic in the real world and just going, yeah, I grew up in Hawaii, and I, but I was raised in Spain. And you're like, really? That's a long way, dude. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? So, yeah, so that was quite a trek. And, uh, oh, <laughs> before I get to the juiciest bit of the German 6-6, um, in the post-chapters, there was like the Q&As, right? I, I need to bring, bring this up. I'm sorry for derailing this a little bit. I have to bring this up. So, if you hated, uh, if you hated Doflamingo before, you're going to hate it even more now. Oda confirmed in the Q&A from a fan that goes, hey, how come Violet and Doflamingo talked like they were a bit personal? They had, like, nicknames for each other. And Oda goes, well, this series is not for adults. It's mainly for kids. So I couldn't fit in anywhere to my editors that these guys maybe had a thing. Who knows? Wink, wink. And I'm just like, oh my fucking god. He basically confirmed that Doflamingo slept with Violet. The person I said was, like, the hottest side character of One Piece. I'm just like, god damn it. (laughs) <laughs> who is now the heir to Riku Kingdom. <laughs> so I'm like, God damn it, Doflamingo. Your powers are bullshit, but man, your character personality, God, love to hate you so much. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I was like, oh my fucking God, when I saw that. Um, we finally get to see as well Sanji's dad. His name is Vince, uh, his name is Vince Smoke Judge. Horrible name, by the way, but it makes sense completely for this fucking cunt of a character. I hate this dude. <laughs> Holy shit. So he's cunt in the series. Oh, he's right there. He's um, there. he's up there. It's up there. It depends on my mood, really. Of like, honestly, all, all the germ are, are huge cunts. Obviously, Except yeah, for like Reiju, but it, it's the issue with Spandom, right? Where it's like Spandom. I, he's the one of my choice, but you could say all of CP nine, maybe Lucci, but. I chose Spandom at the end of the day. In this case, I'm choosing Judge at the end of the day, right? Because he's the one that fuels the fire of all the abuse and bullying and hatred that goes to Sanji. Um, horrible mustache, too. I hate his mustache. Um, he allowed... Oh, yeah, so I have all these lists of why do I think Judge is the biggest cut? So, he allowed his kids to abuse and bully Sanji because they viewed him as a failure. He gave his wife, that he viewed as basically a baby maker, of here, here are some, like, uh, super steroid drugs to create these super soldiers, right? From birth. So they have Is super it confirmed that that's what killed her? Uh, I think it's heavily implied, because she yeah, was basically... That's, that's sick. Canon. Yeah, it's it's she was ill, basically, for the rest of her life after that, and then she died early from it, or, like, earlier than usual for it. Um, so that's another thing, too. Thank you for reminding me. Basically killed his wife for this. 
Um, but because Sanji never displayed the superhuman attributes that all the other kids had, like the, the super endurance, the sturdy bones, the exoskeletons, he allowed them and encouraged them to bully Sanji relentlessly, calling him a failure to his face when he's crying, asking for his dad to help. And he goes, why would I? You're a failure. So that's only one thing. Um, like, I'm two. not your dad. Yeah, exactly. Um, number two, this is, I guess, more personal. When Sanji and Judge in the current day are duking it out like a little family duel, um, he even fights dirty against his own son, like in a family duel. He fights dirty by calling in his wall of like super soldiers as he impales through them because Sanji was like, what, what the fuck? I like, <laughs> what are these guys? I can't. You're in my way. You're not part of this and, fight. And that was after we just have to mention because fuck Yonchi. After he got off screened by Sanji, and just mm. his face was like crushed in. Nah, he'd love to see it. Yeah, love to uh, see it. Oh yeah. Wait, was that before or after? I thought it was, it was after. Because that's oh, okay. why. That's why they fought him and Judge. Oh right. And then Judge says the line that I really picked up on that I really liked, which was when Judge says, "Meet me in the court. Men settle things with their fists." And I thought. Oh, is that an additional reinforcement to why Sanji uses kicks? I know it's, it's supposed to be because chefs use their hands only for, for cooking. Right, right. But this is yeah. an extra reinforcement, right? That's my headcan anyway. Because Judge, his cunt of a father, goes, yeah, we use our hands to settle differences. But Sanji's version is like, no, that, that's for cooking. The fuck are you talking about? So, yeah, and then after that, we get the he fights dirty in the courtyard. Um, he already disowned Sanji, right? But after their fight, right, he explains everything of, like, why he's doing this marriage. He already disowned Sanji on a personal level, but not officially. He could still marry him off to Big Mom's family in order to get her resources for their, you know, like, their massive clone army, their research. And on top of that, to punish him, because I remembered I have a failure, I can, but he's still useful, I can marry him off and use him for something to get advantage of it. And yeah, also, Judge is the worst. Oh god, dude! I'm halfway through my list, dude. I got, I got bulletins for this. Like, I already hated him like throughout the whole flashback, and then like I didn't need anything else. And then right at the very end of this flashback, oh, when Sanji is escaping, god. and Judge catches him escaping, and he's like, "Go ahead, I don't give a shit as just, long as you don't use my name. Just don't use. Make my sure name. no one knows that you are supposed to be my kid. And yeah. get the fuck out of my face." <laughs> Which, like, he's had to tack on some even more for this motherfucker. Which is also sad, because at that point, you're thinking, like, well, that's actually a good thing at the end of the day, because that way you can have an excuse to distance yourself from that horrible thing of a family you, you ran away from. So, that's, like, hindsight, though, right? Obviously, at the time, it's the worst thing you can fucking hear, uh, considering if you love your family. <laughs> and, um, but that's at the very end. That's, like, the last bulletin I had. Um, during that conversation, we was talking about Sanji, about, like, you know, why I'm marrying you off. To make sure he doesn't run, and he understands how important his hands are, he placed exploding cuffs on his wrists so that he doesn't run away. <laughs> I'm just Freaking like, what judge. the fuck is this guy, dude? Um, we also learn that the secret that... Was it Vito? Yeah, Vito, the officer for uh, Capone. I, have to, I just have to remember which famous American gangster was it? Vito. Um, he was whispering to Sanji, and I was wondering what the hell that detail was. We learned here that they understand that Zeph is pretty close to Sanji, like a father figure. 
So we have assassins in place in case you somehow get out of the cuffs. And in case your straw hats come and rescue you, we're going to kill your father figure out in the East Blue. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What's going why, why are you doing this? Why are you burying him so fucking hard down below the ground? Holy shit. Why, yeah. we, you had to bring Zeph into this. Holy shit. It's clever in the horribly, you know, manipulating kind of way. Right. And we uh, eventually, shit. like, we know why he had a plan and what the plan was and why he needed Sanji there, et cetera, et cetera. But he's still mm-hmm. a dick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we mentioned this already. Uh, oh, sorry, I mentioned this already. He forced his children to go through uh, the super steroids in the womb um, against the mother's wishes, against their wishes, just to completely... Like, like, it's like fucked up gene therapy, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm doing this to make you super strong. Not to like be rid of like any diseases you might have or to make you more immune to anything. No, I'm doing this to make you super strong so I can make you mercenaries and soldiers for my regime. I'm just like, okay, goddamn, holy fuck. Against her wishes. Insane. But the biggest thing is it's against her wishes. Like, it's her kids, it's her body, and he's going, no, you're going to get sick for my will, for my, you know, my... So I'm like, oh yeah, that's fucking And she just, I think more than anything, she just doesn't want her kids to, like, lose emotion, which is one of the side effects. Yeah, that's one. Of, that's definitely um, a big, important thing. Um, Which I think that uh, maybe also, I'll just say it here, kind of, like, mistranslated, I think, more what they're losing seems to be, like, empathy. Oh, right? uh, okay. Lacking. I can see that, right? It's specifically but yeah, but either way, she doesn't want that for her kids, right? She wants them to be yeah. normal, like, caring people. I was fine with the... I was fine with that, because even if I didn't know that, I still would have thought emotion would have been fine. Because later on, in part two, we'll cover... Um, you'll see how the dad reacts strongly to a certain thing that's happening, but the kids are much more calm by comparison. So that's why I was fine with the emotion part there. Um, but either way, I could see empathy being the actual key thing there. Um, God, and then, okay, so, sorry, like, this is so, that's, this backstory is just like, holy shit, this is compacting, compacting. So, on top of the fact that the kids were allowed to bully Sanji, at some point, Judge put Sanji in, like, an iron face mask and locked him in the dungeons and faked his death to pretend, oh, no, he completely died. I only have these perfect children. See, right here. And while he's just suffering in the in the darkest dungeons with a fucking iron mask, you can't see his face. His only hobby is that he's trying to practice cooking. And he's feeding rats with the, with the little grub, the little like twigs he has, and when he's caught, he's punished furthermore every time. And oh my fucking god! Okay, that, that was it. Okay, so yeah, that that panel of the Iron Mask Sanji, like baby Sanji. I'm just like, oh my yeah, fucking it's god. painful. It is absolutely painful. Um, but. Where there is cruelty and tragedy, there is hope. There is a light, like a little, like a, a a great little spot here, right? In Robin's backstory, it's because her passion for learning, right? Her passion for uh the unknown, and connections as well. You have Nami with her family, her with her hometown. In this case, it's his passion for cooking, his passion for his mother as well, and a little bit too his his relationship with his sister. Because she was like, of all the siblings, she's the one that actually treated his wounds sometimes. She didn't participate in the actual physical bullying, but she did laugh at one Be- point. I think it's because she she didn't get the, the exact same kind of uh, emotion-altering drugs as the others. 
Yeah. Because she was born. She's not like, they're not quintuplets, right? She is older than them, and they are uh, quadruplets? Yeah, quadruplets, I think. Yeah, Uh, yeah, she's actually like a different pregnancy carriage. That's that's the, the separation. Yeah, she got her super steroids injections like after birth, I guess. And then the quadruplets got theirs in the womb. Um, so she didn't get that, yeah, like you said, the same treatment. But at the same time, I I was curious about this because I understand that at the end of the day, she's seen as like an ally kind of thing or like a friend at least. But in those flashbacks, she's seen laughing at the bullying against Sanji. I don't know if that was a cover she was doing, but when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this bitch. Well, she, she kind us. of explained it. I think it, there was literally a moment between her and Sanji when That's she's like, she sorry, but it. if I didn't, they'd beat me up too. I can't take all of them. Yeah. Know? I guess that's a lot personal, I guess, because I'm just like, this is like Shonen. So I'm just See, like... I mean, yeah, she's like, eh, sorry, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, not, I'm not taking that hit. Yeah, like in reality, I would understand that. Unless it was me, then I would be so fucking mad. But yeah, I'd still be logic, pissed, but yeah, you know, I would logic, maybe do the same thing in her situation. Exactly. And then in Shonen logic, I'm just thinking like, but you could have done something at one point. <laughs> something, you know, in the moment and not just treat afterwards every time. Sorry, I made a little too harsh on... Uh, raiju? Raiju? Raiju. Um, but yeah, when I just saw that, I, that, that, that little panel just ticked me off. Um, but the passion, right? He gets he gets his passion. He's interested in cooking at this point. He doesn't get that um, goal just yet, but he gets a little passion. He cooks for the rats, gets punished for it. But eventually he's uh, off. He's granted to visit his mother, who's ill in bed. Uh, named... Okay, so I had a little little sides ended again sorry at the very beginning of this arc they mentioned that the german six six were always the antagonists for like the heroic stories of sora the mother's name is sora is that supposed to be her in the stories not no. not not in fiction but like just yeah named after. no but i know the name pre- i mean yes because <laughs> i was wondering because it kind of fits where like she denied the will of the vin smokes right because she was trying to say no she uh, almost killed herself yeah, I, later I, on. Yeah, I have a lot of questions about that comic book. Yeah, we'll same that. here. A little same here, too, yeah. Because I'm just like, well, you guys did, well, Sora didn't do a good enough job because they conquered the North Blue. <laughs> like, she did, or they didn't do enough job, I don't know. But, um... Like, yeah, if but it's we, propaganda, why do you make yourself the villains? I don't think it was pro- I don't think it was propaganda they made. I think it was propaganda made by maybe the people of the North Blue who were suffering under Yeah, it's like an underground comic, maybe? Like, yeah, resistance comic? That would make yeah. more sense. And that's why I was asking about Sora, the mother. Maybe. Because, I guess, yeah, that would make sense, right? Yeah, because maybe the rumor got out that she did try to kill herself. Or, no, she didn't try to kill herself. She tried to... Well, no, she did. She tried to kill herself to stop or reverse the treatment of the quadruplets. It only worked on Sanji. It didn't work on the other three. So she kind of deemed it as a failure, unfortunately. But once you got that moment, right, where Sanji, despite being in that horrible dome mask, that iron mask, uh, presents her with, I think, soup or like just some simple meal. Um, and even the butlers are like, oh, that's failure cooking from the dungeons. It's going to taste awful. And then she does like the best fucking thing, which is she reacts and goes, it's delicious. Thank you. And then you see that bright look in his eye because that's all you can see unfortunately and then he decides like one page later he wants to be a cook and i was like oh that's a good kid that's a good way to start that's a great way to flush that out even more than before and uh, yeah sorry like i said uh the mother did try to revert the the treatment on her kids 
didn't go so well, unfortunately. It unfortunately made her pass away early. Did her dying... Was that also like um like a powder keg to get Sanji to try and run away at that point? It was also when they were attacking the East Blue, I know that. Uh, like, I wouldn't. Like, that's kind of my headcanon, I think. Yeah, like there was no reason for him to stay behind, except maybe Reiju, but, you know, she's just kind of just behind the scenes kind of thing. Um, So that's basically the entirety of, like, Sanji's direct backstory, right, where he got the passion for cooking... And then if if we take the short route, basically all of that, plus what we're, uh, then what we said, he got the hand thing, the hand explosives, leads up to the confrontation with Luffy and why that happens, which is, that's pretty much where we are in present time as well, right? Getting out of the seducing woods. Just about, but I do want to say one more thing about Germa. I've been trying not to say it for the longest time because it's supposed to be like, oh, the big thing. <laughs> they're they're very clearly Nazis. Yes, thank you. Yes, the, so the, the, I know exactly what you're talking about. The huge color spread when it like introduces their hall, and there's like the hanging banners that are the banners, yikes, the looking iron very yikes eagle, looking place. The whole devotion to science and losing compassion, emotion, empathy, to be super soldiers, to be the perfect beings. And I'm just like, yeah, mm, if you didn't hate Judge now, <laughs> there's your reason. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. And I had to verify, too, because their flag that they had, too, like not the skull with the lightning bolt, because science, right? Um, it's the double behind, six one. Uh, they're also, yeah, the double six one, yeah. The one behind the eagle, they're supposed to be, like, um, it looks, like, in black and white in the manga, it looks like Norway's flag, but mirrored. But I had to double check on my, what's it called, vexiology? Like, the study of flags, I forget. And that's straight up the design of the Iron Cross flag. So I'm like, okay, Oda, you're going really one-to-one on this without using the symbol. Oh man, I guess that was almost like his response because you know how he had like the Buddha symbol for Ace's tattoo in the past, but that had to be censored because of Western audiences. So an unfortunate thing, but it's true. So I guess even in this case, when there are literal Nazis, he still can't use the symbol. So he did everything else to make sure you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. If you've read, opened a history book at any time, that's them. Sorry, I just wanted to get that out of the way because holy fucking shit oh man they're they're definitely designed to be hateable oh absolutely so even just aesthetically right just from the cosmetics of like look at the hallway bam there you go immediately hate these guys but that backstory ensured you have a personal reason why that you just hate this family so much not the daughter not the mother but all the guys oh (laughs) so funny you know what i just realized by just saying that out loud is that why sanji just fucking hates getting compliments from men like before i always joked around that it was like oh it's just because he's such a simp for all women but it's like maybe because in his family all the males were all a bunch of cunts <laughs> his whole life and, and there we go and there you go like again like i don't know if that's me like doing the headcanon thing people say like well i mean yeah like the only person that's nice to him was his sister and his mom. Yeah, so I Psychologically, guess... that does lend towards that kind of thing, maybe? Yeah, you know? maybe. It could. I'm not a psychologist, yeah. but it makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm not completely sold on it personally, but same. at the it's, same it's time... It's a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Okay, maybe? If, if y'all choose to believe it, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> For those that do, go right yeah. ahead. Uh, okay, so before we get to the second meaty bit, um... 
I keep doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you you were worried about me making all these food puns. Uh, wait, what did I just say? Meaty bits? I mean... Oh, my fucking God. I mean, that, that's a food pun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's ingrained into my brain. I'm so sorry. Ingrained? Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> anyway, we find out Big Mom has two other weapons named Zeus and Prometheus. Yeah, okay. these are the these are the big homies. Yes. The big boy homies. There's also, we find out later that her hat is also personality. <laughs> Cleverly. Napoleon. Named Napoleon. Yeah, of course. The other big boy homie. Yep. Of those course. are the big three. But the, but the big, but the important uh, two at this point to me are Zeus and Prometheus. I don't think Napoleon really does too much in this arc. But Zeus and Prometheus definitely do later on. Um, we also learned that at some point they mentioned it. Uh, the Sky person, the Sky, the Skypea pirate, uh, Urog was there. Urog was there at one point. Right. Um, and this was also, because uh, again, we mentioned that Chopper and Carrot were captured in the, in the Mirrorverse. Uh, they actually have a very cool, like, tag team moment where Chopper is captured and Carrot is pretending to be captured, but they're using the mirror powers against uh, Brule, um to do a fake out, and they get the edge on Brule and the crocodile. There's a cool moment where Chopper, like, judo flips the crocodile. Probably, like, his yeah, best moment was, in the arc. the whole section was, like, okay. Yeah, it was a... Honestly, it's a bit of a blur compared to everything else. Yeah, but, like... They do their thing in the mirror world eventually, which it's very important, right? And it's like it does in context, it makes sense why it had to happen and why they're going to need the mirrors to like get their escape later. Cool, yeah. Just but like I want a chopper to do a little more, you yeah. Know? It's I, like I don't understand. Here's what I I wish would have happened. Maybe is why don't you just let the side characters maybe handle that? You know, let's let let's let Pedro and Carrot do that. Let's send Chopper with cho- Brooke. Let yeah, chopper, chopper and Brooke go get yeah, the exactly. Pomaglyph. You know. Yeah, because honestly, I just, yeah, it's, it's the issue with, like, side characters being thrown into the plot, too. But then I also imagined if they did do that, then Carrot and Pedro, those segments, it would have no been, like... Care. Yeah, exactly. No one would care. No one would care it was just yeah, it would have been Yeah, exactly. It would have been, like, those moments in Skypea where you're you're looking at all these other side characters, and you're just like... like all the Shandian not... sections. Yeah, and you're just like, but they're not Strats. I don't care that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just get some people I do care about. So, yeah, I understand what you said, because I do want that, too. I want Chopper and Brooke to do more team-ups. Um, but what we do get is not bad. But unfortunately, uh, this leads to, I think, this being the most Chopper does the entire arc. To be honest, this cool like tag team in the Mirrorverse. And it's a cool moment, but boy, is it, compa- is it pale to everything else in this arc in terms of like tag team action moments. Um, and it, again, continues what I always say. It's not as flashy, but this one is definitely not as flashy. Again, the, the flip was and cool. And also, while we're talking about Chopper, yeah, we we mentioned briefly uh, in our like pre-recording yeah, a little bit about um, things we expected to happen that we thought were going to happen. Ah, uh, okay. And this is one of them for me because when they were explaining the Soul Soul Fruits powers mm-hmm. and how all these souls, you basically they're just kind of scattered around the island atmosphere, right? And they fall on things at their mm-hmm. own will. So they can fall on anything, but not people. And mm-hmm. they made it very specifically to say they can fall on animals, though. Yeah. And Chopper is an animal. <laughs> right. I thought for sure he was going to get like some kind of big mom soul piece on him at some point. To whatever kind of effect, bad or good, right? Temporarily or long term. But I just thought that was a really intriguing possibility, right? Right. You have all this he's not a setup. mink, like he is an animal, so he was yeah. in the right position to, you know, to get affected by that. And and 
never happened. So I was a little disappointed I, with that. Yeah, actually, I'm curious. Yeah, what would have that been? That could have been a separate plot point as well. If, if he ended up being like a negative thing, right, where he couldn't control himself, maybe... Maybe it would be like a, a berserker effect where it's like, oh, I can, I don't need a rumble ball and I can stay in that Hulk form for even longer, but I lose my control or something like that. Or I lose most control, maybe not all control, but most control. Yeah, um, there, there was a lot of ways it could have gone. You know, it could have been very interesting and many yeah. different possibilities, but alas. Def- yeah, unfortunately, that makes, yeah, Chopper, unfortunately, kind of like the side wheel It's like, why did you even mention that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because for Randolph, did you have to explain to us why Randolph was, was around? Yeah, when we already seen like all of the hills and the trees have faces, it's like, yeah, it was just it's a rabbit. There oh, it's an animal. Yeah, we could have done thought of that. But that extra yeah, it's one of those moments where extra details in the uh right. the explanation because you mentioned it, it, I expect something to happen. Yeah. It's actually an issue with that uh the series Naruto kind of suffers through a lot, is when they over explain things. You have all yeah. these possible theory crafts. And then almost none of them happen because you did more thinking than, I guess, what the plot entailed. And you're just like, oh, what the heck? Um, in this case, though, it's like, yeah, in this case, it sucks because, again, this is like the most Chopper does. He hold, He's with Kara and he holds Brulee and I think Diesel, that's his name. They hold them hostage, basically. And they go around, like, go through their fun. It, it is fun, I'll admit, right? Where they go, like, their Alice Wonderland shit where they go, like, oh, great it's mirror, get, where's Big cool. Mom? And all the mirrors go. There, <laughs> they actually help him out, but um, it's mirror, fun mirror on the wall. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, all these fairy tales open together. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's, that's kind of like where the end of Chopper's big shonen action moment ends. Unfortunately, yeah, he doesn't get nearly as much as our boy Brooke does, who quite mm. frankly just shows the fuck up in this arc. <laughs> he does, he does. Um, but before we get to that, because I think that's further down in my nose before we got to get to the confrontation right the part that you wanted to get to 20 minutes ago and i'm sorry for that um which was luffy and nami right they catch up they see sanji being escorted to the chateau with the family and cracker even does mock this to luffy going dude even before you even get to that guy he's gonna be turncoated and he's gonna be like Leave here, you miserable pirate scum. And of course, that sounded so fucking stupid. And then Sanji literally does that, where he kicks Luffy out of the way and then goes, get out of here, you miserable pirate scum. And I'll, I'll just, I really hate that moment. I do I hate it too, because I want I'm, on a, there's no There's no justification for this part. It's just bad. I'm sorry, everyone. It's not so, good. Okay, so. I don't I like about this. All. Are you talking about the fight in general, or like that one how it's ha- How Sanji is, is handling it? Okay, okay. Like, he's, like he's trying to, Sanji's he's, should not be that stupid. Right, he's overselling it too hard, basically. Right? Like, he's... Sanji has always been intelligent, right? Yeah, he's always he's been... He's been, like, Mr. our Prince. kind of... He's done the spy stuff, he understands situations, and he doesn't, like... He can't even comprehend that if he just pretended to fight and explained the situation to Luffy, Luffy would, would wait, right? Like, mm-hmm. we have to plan something later. I'm in trouble. Luffy would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you don't have to beat his ass or try to. Yeah. So it was it was as if he was trying to sell it to his family that, yeah, I'm, this is what I want to do. But they hate him anyway and seem as a failure. So he didn't really need to oversell it. I think in hindsight, it would have been better if, if, if like maybe he kicked him still once. Right. As like the, the first like get out of here. But 
make it super obvious and clear, like maybe like wiggle around your wrists, right? Like, hey, I got these cuffs on me, man. I can't that's what I mean. Like you could like you could fake it. You don't have to just go full all out. Like you, you know that's not gonna work. Yeah. This is also yeah, this is the issue as well with like when you have like your your great emotional character arc like Arlong Park. Because a moment like this before was Nami. Nami over and over again in that arc was thrown into these predicaments with like a single straw hat or two. And she had to find a way to cover for herself and still pretend that she's along with what they're trying to do. In and this case, also, which is yeah. even more egregious to me, is that Sanji never once even considered that all this motion and fighting that he's engaging in is going to trigger the explosive cuffs he's wearing. Right. Like, come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I, we learn later about the cuffs, right? We learn later. But he doesn't know that, so why is he still acting like this, too? I mean, no, they say if you try to remove them, they'll blow up. So, like, what does that mean? That means no, no, a no, certain we... amount of triggering on them will cause them to explode. Yeah, again, sorry, we learn later that the cuffs were diffused. Remember, by Razor? Right. There's uh, a throwaway line been... later. Were they from the beginning, though? Uh, That's actually what I'm right. not sure Right, they might have been. But either way, he doesn't know that. He's being, he's an idiot. Yeah, exactly. He's acting that's very all... stupidly. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. He He didn't know at this point. Um, it's supposed to be, like, this really, like, harsh moment, right, where you see Luffy all beaten up, he has, like, a missing tooth by the end of it, um, you get, like, this moment where, also, like, because we're having, like, this scene where it's, like, a jumble of emotions, right, and you have a moment, too, where I thought it would have been highlighted, emphasized much more, was when Nami slaps Sanji, and not because, you know, oh, oh, Nami, but no, it's because, literally, remember, Sanji is old school chivalrous. So if a attractive, beautiful woman slaps you across the face, is that like worse than death? So, probably to him. <laughs> yeah. So it, the way that that part was handled was much more tame than I thought. If anything, I thought that would have been the moment really to break Sanji. But instead, it was you know afterwards when they're rolling him out afterwards, and Luffy is. And Nami's, him, Nami's right reaction is one hundred percent justified there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not defending Sanji at all for this. Um, I was I was equally as mad as she was, so you know I'm I'm with it. I have a l- slight critique as well. I'll get to it uh probably at the end of the episode when it's further on. Um slight critique, but it's about that slap, basically, but keep a note on that. Um to make it even better. But yeah, so this moment was real rough. I know Sanji was really trying to sell it, but he didn't need to. His family fucking doesn't care, right? It's risky, as you point out with the cuffs. And like, I mean, okay, so if I'm Sanji in this scenario, I would be like, I can probably convey this situation to Nami so easily. Yeah, exactly. You kick right? Luffy, right? Yeah. You, you you show the wrists and then you get carted off. Luffy's fucking mad. But then Nami holds him back and goes, Luffy, stop. He has weird cuffs on his wrists. I don't know what they are, but they look deadly. One of them had a blinking red dot or something like, Nami, like that. Nami's smart enough. She would be smart enough to figure out he's trying to fool them and like not make it obvious, right? Like. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, it's like, it just makes me mad. Like, that yeah. He's, he's acting a little bit out of character and a little bit uh, just too dumb. Yeah. It's, and like I mentioned earlier about like how we had previous arcs before, we had like Nami and Robin, right? Doing things where they're trying to sell, like being on the wrong side or being antagonists now. But there are always like a counter to it, right? Like Nami, when she pretends she tries to stab Usopp, but she actually fucking stands, stabs her own hand, right? And then pushes him into the water. Or, or you have Robin 
where yeah, she's that, like that's all the this... difference is that is her showing like, hey, I don't really want to do this, right? And then yeah, we move on. Please <laughs> leave. Yeah, please leave. I care for you guys, but please leave. Sanji, unfortunately, doesn't really show that here, unfortunately. It's and I get it again from a structural point of view, from a writing point of view, I get what was trying to be conveyed here. It's trying to show that this is Sanji's lowest point as of right now. It's his lowest point, so he's not thinking straight. But again, like what we covered, it doesn't really sell at 100 percent So yeah. So don't like that moment as a whole. Yeah. But again, I do like Whole Cake Island quite a bit, as I'm yeah. sure you, everyone can tell. <laughs> <laughs> just that one moment, just kinda just kinda uh and then that's it's met a stain. Up. Yeah. So, and before that fight too, he was beaten up again by his brothers, and he has to wear like this mask to hide his wounds. Um, that's actually important for the next scene where Sanji's in the chateau, right? He's talking to his beloved fiance, Pudding, uh, like the day before or like two days. Before. I forget what the timeline is at this point. Um, but they're having like a really emotional, even cheesy heart to heart because Sanji's again at his lowest point. He even says, like, the line, like, you are my salvation, which I kind of cringed, I'll admit. I'm like, eh, it's too much, but it's Sanji. Um, right. Yeah, that, yeah, that part's more in character than the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. He's talking to a very attractive, beautiful woman, but he's accepting the fact that as horrible as things are for me right now, it could be worse, because at least I'd be married to a beautiful woman who loves to cook, right? It could be worse. That's what he's trying to see, right? And he even goes to Big Mom, and this is, again, where we talk about the Straw Hats trying to or sorry, the former Straw Hats, you know, at this point, still trying to help out Luffy and the crew. Sanji, at this point, goes to Big Mom and pleads to please let them off the island, right? Even though they did some bad shit, she oddly, for some reason, agrees without really much of a thought. Just just that you better marry my daughter. And we're like, that seems a bit too easy, but okay. But again, Big Mom is a is a childish character. So we're like, I guess that makes sense. She just really wants her marriage ties her ch- grandchildren, her children. Okay, okay. So you're not thinking too much about it at this point, but you're still thinking like, eh, I think a little too easy, but okay. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's like, that's Sanji's moment of like, see, I'm still trying to help you guys. But yeah, after that scene, it really just doesn't really hit as hard as the other actions. The whole um, pudding reveal and everything, you mean? Yeah. Um, but that's a little later. Um, as of right now, uh, Luffy and Nami, because Luffy's declared, I'm going to be waiting here right you, right here for you. I'm not going to eat anything, right? Even as it starts raining syrup. Gets, like, you know, tries to establish that rainy, moody, like, melancholy scene. But it's syrup instead, because you got to yeah. stay in theme with the, with the island. Um, we have a quick fight that it's kind of... Honestly, that that's a big turnoff as far as tourism. If it rains syrup, God, your hair. Just imagine. Yeah, your hair, your clothes, dude. How sticky Jeez. they would be. Yeah, or, yeah your hair too. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a brief fight that was kind of hard to follow at first. Because, again, it does like that jump. Like, the, you know, the 10 hours later thing. Um, there's another jump here where Luffy and Nami are about to be overrun by all these crazy big name officers. And then the next panel we see, like, a bunch of guys on the floor. And then... Nami is like I think in a barrier it's actually unclear in the manga she's like in a barrier I think she can't move but she just called a lightning strike again it's kind of hard to follow um that time Tristan was rough but uh yeah it, it it's more clear in other forms but that's one of the the Charlotte's abilities yeah that's what I was wondering because it's a when I first saw like it, barrier yeah yeah when I first read it I didn't, I didn't understand why for like that whole chapter Nami just didn't move at all but she was in the very in butter. 
Yeah, and then in the first page, you can kind of see, like, a barrier around her a little bit. And then at the end of Luffy's fight, before he gets crushed by the two giants, or, like, the two big dudes, uh, you can kind of see, like, a birdcage around her a little bit, or, like, an energy bar. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, you mean, like, the handcuff thing she has on, right? Yeah, because it looks like her hands are together, right? Yeah, butter, it's butter. It's a butter. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's actually, it's actually it's, butter. Yeah, butter. That's, uh, what's her name? Galette, I think. Galette. Man, I can't uh, believe it. She has, like, butter. the imp, the, the arrow horns. Pretty hot. I think. I th- I think so. Okay, no, okay. If we're if we're going through that category, okay, smoothie, no questions. Okay, oh, you and everyone else. Okay, no Moving questions. <laughs> you got a problem with thick thighs, dude? No, I'm just saying no one disagrees <laughs> with you. Like no, okay, one. okay. Like 98 percent of people are like, hell yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, pudding is too. But she does something that makes me go, oh, off the list, off the list. <laughs> <laughs> Much later, but yeah, smoothie. I'm just like. Oda just realized, yeah, girls also have asses and thighs at this point in the new world. And he's like, right, I gotta draw more of that, too. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then Smoothie's like an apology. Because <laughs> she ends up being like, what? She's like a long leg, right? The long leg from, uh... Is that from, uh... Davy Fightback? Is that from that island or no? Uh... No? No? But there okay. were long-legged things on that island. Yeah, like Smoothie. Um... But like I said, I was wondering because I know that island. But yeah, yeah, she's like, she's part long leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point, right, Luffy and Nami lose their fight. Uh, Nami also loses her V-Fray card. Um, there's another throwaway line later that really pissed me off a little bit. Kind of like that the cuff thing that we find out later that, oh, by the way, they were deactivated or they're fake. I had them swap. Later on, we learned that off camera in one throwaway line, Nami apparently split the card in two. So she still had a piece of it on her. Somewhere else. Uh, it, was, it was some shortcuts there. A little bit of shortcuts. It kind of bothered me. That's like in part two, but they're short, so short. I just mentioned it briefly here. Um, Actually, no. The cuff thing is in this part two. So, back to Brooke and Pedro, right? Pedro pulls off a great distraction, right? We also learn that Pedro was here before with a friend. And that's why he has like personal beef with Big Mom. Because he lost his eye and his friend here. Um, Just serves as a distraction. Fights the chicken guy. What's his name? Tamago. Egg, Tamago? egg, egg guy. Egg guy. Oh, he, is he actually called his the name egg is, guy? His name is Egg. Oh, Egg. Okay, Tamago. Okay. Egg. Yeah. Of course. Of course, I say chicken. Um, But Brooke goes in. And it turns out Brooke is an absolute hard counter to Big Mom's power. In some degree, right? To, to, to a degree. To all like the cards, the chess pieces, the goons. All he has to play some soul bad music, man. Ass. Just some so soul music. Ass. Get your souls out. Raise the roof. Oh, quite literally. Oh, now you're defeated. <laughs> now you not. Now you're not a threat. Oh, so great. Did this man called the Yonko young lady in this arc. What was that? Did he call the big mom young lady? In oh, this yeah, arc? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's fucking eighty years old. <laughs> Good, like, oh my god, that was badass. Yeah. So Brooke breaks into the treasure vault. They pull off the distraction. Big Mom hears news. She really likes her treasure, like a pirate would. But she cares more, not for the Poneglyphs, but she cares more for, <laughs> hey, that that tinderbox chest that we got back at Fishman Island. Remember, that's rigged to explode still. <laughs> but she's really, really wanting to open that chest for the wedding. And she doesn't want anyone to beat her to it, or even steal it. So she goes in, she, go- um, she <laughs> confronts Brooke. Um, it's a little later, I think, but we can talk about it here. I have the exact quote. Yeah, <laughs> where Big Mom confronts her 
um, after, you know, it seemingly Brooke is cornered. She has uh, Zeus and Prometheus with her. And then, yeah, then Brooke goes, young lady, what kind of idiot draws plans with the expectation of dying? Because, <laughs> like, his badass moment of, like, standing his ground. And I thought it was a great character moment, too, because Brooke is always joking that he's dead, right? Oh, I'm just bones. Oh, I'm already dead. Who does it? Who cares? And here he is going, I don't expect to die. Do you think I'm a fucking idiot? Come on, put him up. <laughs> but yeah, the impression, like the vibe he gives off there is also like, but I'm also not afraid to die because I've already done it once. That is You know, true like, let, let's fucking go. <laughs> exactly. So it ends up being like the Usopp moment in Dressrosa where it's like, it's short-lived. He gets defeated quite easily, quickly. But it's a badass moment where he stands up to her, right? And he's just like, nah, I'm holding my ground. I ain't doing shit on you. <laughs> and we learn later too. I guess we might as well just clarify here, right? He accomplishes his goal. Where yeah, he, he does in fact get rubbings, right? They're called of all things. Yeah, tracings, rubbings, yeah. But not of one poneglyph. Not two poneglyphs. All but damn three. All <laughs> damn three all hiding damn. in his skull. And that's why he, uh, Big Mom wasn't able to find any kind of schematics or drawings because he just See, that I soul. liked. That that was a good <laughs> that one. That you know? I it's like I was like, damn, he must have lost him. But like, oh no, he hit him in the skull. See, that's a good twist where you're like, and See, that, yeah, that makes sense. And that because I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but he, Brooke would, right? He yeah, knows that he can put stuff in his head. No one else would ever think of that. <laughs> now, you're, now you're thinking with skeletons, exactly. You know, and this and the scene. That. The scene, too, a great was, like, how you pointed out, was it seemed like he failed at first, because the way he was implying, where I'm like, sorry, she got the edge on me, like, my, my power was gone on her accomplices, but not on her. And then, while the whole time, he just lets out the, the poneglyph tracings, and everyone's like, holy shit, you actually did this, all this? And Brooke just goes, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. Yeah, of course. I, I, that was my job. <laughs> but I failed this other part. Everyone's like, dude, who cares? You got the objective. <laughs> that happens a little later, but it was like such a great wrap up for Brooke because I've always been wanting a moment for Brooke. Again, not as flashy, but this still hit really good. Or I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. His hit's good because the end goal is like so notable. Like oh. what he accomplishes. Like, holy shit, he got them another re- road poneglyph. Yeah, he got them but a that's big, yeah. major objective. He also has another amazing moment that we'll just talk about in part two. That's part of a tag team, which is probably one of the highlights in the action. But yeah, in terms of like the plot, right here, Brooke really shines the most. Um, this is probably going to be my favorite part of the arc because this is because you know me. Unfortunately, I love tragedy. I love horrible, horrible, <laughs> depressing moments where after we get that cheesy scene right with Sanji talking about "You are my salvation." He's trying to move on when he's trying to create like this sweet, like late night dinner for pudding, like a surprise before the wedding. He's on auto mode. He accidentally makes what the crew would eat and goes, ah, shit. Well, you know, it's still food. It's food. It's gift. It's fine. He's trying so hard to move on. Be happy. He's trying so hard to move on. And boy, does it come tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down. But then it all—it's kind of a snowball effect of all the shit that the oh, shitstorm that is unveiled at this point. Absolutely, it's just unrelenting. So we find this horrific scene of Pudding, who all of a sudden has a third eye that she was hiding in her bangs. Um, which actually in the Q and A that I completely missed this. I will admit this. I missed this. Uh, was teased back in Fishman Island when we did see Big Mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was her. She was there. Yeah. 
she but was, it was there and had the third eye on her forehead. Closed. And I completely missed yeah. it because my attention was on Big Mom, right? The, the the Titan that was in the shadows. So I completely forgot about that character. But Oda goes, yeah, she was right there. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> That's my job. Yeah. And I fucked up. <laughs> God damn it. But a third eye, right? She's talking to a shot and bleeding out Raiju on the chair on the couch. And her personality is a whole 180 and you see that yeah. shocked expression on Sanji's face and boy pudding was of course she is the favorite daughter of big mom she's the heir i think she's the heir of the big mom pirates um uh, i don't think heir. so but well it's she's special because she's a three eye yeah so i was gonna say they, they didn't establish why it's special but they established it is special that is why yeah it, that is the reason she's special and we don't know why yeah, because even Pudding, when she's later talking to Big Mom in her real personality, her real form, and she's like going like, that's all you talk about. And I told you, the power hasn't awakened yet, but it should sometime. So, for all we know, it might be like an actual Gorgon's eye that, you know, that Hancock and her sisters were pretending they had on their backs. But for all we know, it could be that. Um, Who knows? They don't never establish it. But the main juicy bit is Pudding is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'll be blunt. Like, but yeah, one hundred percent. I can't think of like, like evil-hearted, cruel, like savage. Like, what's the right term to describe or like an adjective to describe pudding? Because she's talking about how like no, the plan is I only agreed to marry that horribly depressing and like corny motherfucker who, like, revealed his wounds on my face to try and win my affection. She makes, she mocks him, like, she, like, copies his face, or tries to, right? And goes, like, ooh, you're my salvation. I'm just like, that's why Oda put in that cheesy line, so this hits even harder, dude. <laughs> and goes, oh, you're my salvation. And then she and goes... I will say the panel, like, of Sanji's reaction hurts. Dude, every panel with Sanji in this is so well done. Of, like, just that emotion of no words. I'm just like, I really fucked up so i guess it kind of why um that fight he had with luffy didn't hit me as negatively at first because he got his comeuppings right he fucked up and now he's suffering for it right now royally so hard it still doesn't excuse that bad scene but at the same time it's like it kind of mends it right because it's like yeah oh, it's like being punished you're like yeah you deserve this Okay, Absolutely. now we can get back. We should yeah. forgive you now. <laughs> you know, like, let's yeah. go. The, the difference, though, is that when, like, when this kind of thing happened to Nami in Arlong Park, you're, you feel more empathy for her because, like, oh, she did everything right, and then she's still having shit going against her. Sanji is like, he didn't do everything right. <laughs> he kind of fucked yeah, up there. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> but, again, you can kind of attribute it to him being at his lowest point. But this is when he's at his lowest point. Because now he's listening in on what Big Mom's master plan was. And it's, we're going to get Germa 6-6, all of them, right? We're going to get those fucking Nazis here. They're all going to park their ships. So they're all going to be nice and convenient for us to take after we blow their brains out. After I personally blow the brains out your brother. After he's going to be stunned because he's going to see my third eye and like everyone else. They're going to be freaked out. And that one moment of like, oh shit moment. I'm just going to get a gun and blast him and you see that horrible black and white panel of literally a sanji silhouette with his with blood splurting out the back of his head i'm just like oh shit and then it's like oh my god this is the red wedding but one piece 
<laughs> this is the Red Wedding planned out. And we get to hear it. Because the plan is to completely wipe out the family, take everything from them, and use it to our advantage to help us, or Big Mom's plan, to become the King of Pirates herself. Or even better yet, like, just get that clone army extra troops, right? Everything. And because they're so confident that, oh, this is going to be Sanji's only thing, and then we just leave. It's like, and therefore, we're also trying to get them drunk right now, right? We're trying to do the thing where you get them all cozied up and drunk the night before, so they're even more caught off guard than the morning of. It's like, oh, there's plans in place. This is a fucking red wedding and a half. So, but while this is going on, pudding and every, all, the, all the furniture in there, like all the big bomb furniture, they're all laughing at the plan. And then, meanwhile, outdoors in the fucking syrup brain, Sanji is just struggling to just slowly light his next cigarette, but he fucking can't. It's all covered it, in syrup and shit. <laughs> like it's covered. Lighters in, all clogged. It's covered no in hope. syrup. Probably his own tears too, because this guy realized like I fucked up, and I am now in my lowest point in my life. I have nothing right now because I basically kicked my other life and beat the shit out of my other life away from me, and then. Now, I'm going to realize I'm going to be responsible, indirectly and directly, for all my family's death. They're a bunch of cunts, but that includes my sister, and I'm a nice guy. It still sucks, right? And that's, like, the ultimate, like, um, the ultimate, like, par- the dilemma here with Sanji, right? Because his character is kind-hearted, as much as I like to ignore it, because sometimes it's a little too kind. But... <laughs> In this case, it really does make sense, right? It is his character to be kind. And even though it's his father and brothers, it also includes his sister. And if there's something he can do to help them from dying, he's going to want to do it. So he's in this horrible situation. Um, we also learn, yeah, the, the reason why... Um, oh, wait, no, this is a little later. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Forget what I said. Um, but yeah, so we learn about the third eye, right? We also learn that she has what is it the memo memo fruit like memory? Yeah, yeah. And this is like straight up like I think Horikoshi straight up copied this. Now looking back on it, one of his characters, right, the one that can look into the future, the whole film aesthetic, because uh, <laughs> like the part how um, Pudding's powers work is she like reaches to the side of your head and then pulls out what looks like film and just goes, okay, that's memory wipe. You just forgot everything. You still think I'm the cute little cook, right? The little sweet, innocent cook that's going to marry Sanji. And everything I just monologued to you is forgotten. And I realized, oh my god, Pudding did the evil monologue correctly. Yeah. You You can't even remember it. You can't remember it because, like, instead of, you know, killing the person that you monologued to, she just wiped the memories at least. We'll say she theoretically did it correctly because someone did still over here. Yeah, Yeah, Sanji did. But either way, like, she had the thing under control uh, for the most part. But yeah, this whole sequence was just... It was a 10 out of 10 attempt, though. Much better than her her compatriot villains. Yeah, (laughs) thinking, like, oh yeah, all the other characters from, like, The Incredibles and shit. Um, But what I loved most about this scene, besides the absolute cruelty of putting here, the 180, is, in writing terms, this is the perfect opportunity now for Sanji's character development. Because... This is like the final straw that like beat him down and witnessing that what he had accepted as his future is now, you know, fucking gone. 
His only choice is to suck it up that he made a horrible decision, meet back with Luffy and Nami, and everyone else, after he just knocked them out. And then realized, I fucked up because I went with my gut instinct. I, I went with this. I, will, I apologize. I really fucked up, right? That could be room for growth, right? And on top of that, another reason why I saw this potential was going back to what I mentioned about the slap that in terms of like hindsight rewriting, I feel like it would have been a lot stronger with after their reunion happens or whatever, after they re uh, reconnect because spoilers, they reconnect. Um, I feel like the slap would have been a lot more effective after this moment happened and not before when that fight happened because one, a cold glare would have been, almost as effective as a slap first off and then the slap later to confirm sanji you fucked up <laughs> you deserve this well i'm it not holding back necessarily work though because later on luffy did it himself when he punched sanji like now nah, I'm, I'm saying both. The same right, i'm same saying effect. i'm saying both i'm saying at the first scene right you still have the luffy scene afterwards but then after when they reconvene before their meeting with capone later on that's when you do it right before the meeting and then Nami just slaps the fuck out of Sanji. Just the, just the slap right there. And then just goes, what, what in my head, what I imagined was, you know that scene you point out to me in Fishman Island where Zoro looks to Luffy and goes, hey, we're in the new world now. Get a grip, right? Don't hold back. Get your shit together. This would have been a great parallel if Nami did that to Sanji. Slaps the fuck out of him. Goes, you deserve it. We're in the new world. Get your shit together. Right? Right. I think, I would think that would have been a perfect opportunity. To display for that growth, or, or like opportunity for growth. Um, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. That's my own personal twist to it, but I think that's why like that slap would have been much better there. Because again, the slap that we did get, it seemed like it was underplayed. When to Sanji, that should have been like the biggest thing that happened <laughs> to him, more so than that punch later you brought up. Um, yeah, and so we get that scene later where Brooke is now in on the plans because he's captured by Big Mom and it's like a little, like, a string doll <laughs> temporarily. Yeah, yeah. Because, because Big Mom's like, oh, I don't have a skeleton on my island. I'll just keep you. And then he's just there listening as Pudding and Big Mom are, like, discussing their Red Wedding plans. Right? And so he's in on it. Uh, then the Straw Hats rescue him via, you know, Brulee's mirror powers. And you have, like, a fun little sequence. Um, they eventually get him. But then we get the great moment where, again, Luffy and Nami are captured. They're kept in uh, a prison that's like a very like clever little like magical book where it's like, oh, you're in the pages. That's how Big Mom keeps her subjects without killing them. And still says, they're a part of it. They're just part of my library, you know? That cruel motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but before they're tortured to death, right, for some extra info, um, <laughs> then we get that great moment. Right, we get the officer, he's got this crossbow out, he's threatening to kill Nami right there, but then she's not sure which is worse, to be killed by the interrogator or by uh, being bled on by Luffy, because he's trying to, like, right. to squeeze <laughs> out. He's his... trying to rip his arms off, he's, like, spinning around, like, I'll just rip my arms off and then see what happens. Yeah, because you got you got that crazy a very, scene. A where... very classic Zoro-Luffy-type moment. Exactly. Say. Yeah, because right before that, there was a clever moment, uh, or sorry, like, a very gas moment, where... This was after, um, this was right before we learned of Pudding, right? Her true nature. This is your foreshadow right here, where she whispers something to Luffy, and then both her 
uh, sorry, both uh, Luffy and Nami are like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, like wide-eyed reaction faces. Yeah, and that's why Luffy's currently trying to rip his fucking hands off. And before the interrogator can do something, the door opens, and they... I, I'm guessing it's much more obvious in the anime, but in the manga, it's a bit of a mystery, right? We just go, hey, is anyone there? And he goes like, uh, sorry to do this opera. And then he does, and then you hear 5,000 brick fists. And then you see the oh, double pedal yeah. of Jimbei. And I'm just like, let's fucking go <laughs> with the jailbreak. Clutch. A little side note. This is why I really dislike flashbacks in Shonen. I know it sounds random, but hear me out. Because of the fact that we got the scenes prior with Jimbei already, that he's on the island, that he tried to leave, it didn't work out. He's still around, though. This moment doesn't feel random or forced. It feels organic. It's like, oh, he knew what was going on. He was on. He was in the area. Jailbreak, right? So it felt so fucking great when it happened. Um, the reason why I brought that up was because I still remember when I first read through Eni's Lobby and the Merry-Go appeared, the first initial reaction was like a huh at first. Right? Because we never got, like, any kind of tells before with, like, Iceberg and the ship before. Uh, but in this case, because we had the scenes established already with Jinbei and Big Mom, this didn't feel forced at all or too random, too shocking. It was a nice twist because of, like, oh, who's going to jailbreak them? Is it going to be the Straw Hats in the Mirror World? No, it's going to be fucking Jinbei. Oh, it's going to be Jinbei. <laughs> Sorry, I like saying yeah, his name. That was awesome. Yep. And then, like, then, like Nami rides on Jinbei's back as they escape. They manage to find the Straw Hats. It was like, a great moment. Um, Luffy, of course, goes back to the spot that he said he was in st- very stubbornly wait for uh, Sanji at. And that's when, you know, <laughs> it actually happens. Um, Sanji decides, you know, like, what do I have left? Well, I have my stubborn captain still. He breaks out right there's a, like a, a little scare right because one of the officers sees him uh breaking out they are mysteriously killed right at some point it's implied that they were shot right because they people were hearing like a like a big crack in the air but then the officer collapses you're like oh i guess he was shot by who i don't know jimbei i don't think so he doesn't use guns why would he he's got two big guns on him already anyway uh <laughs> then we get um a really good callback moment, as well as, like, this is a really, really great scene, um, to me personally, is Sanji seeing Luffy surrounded by all, or even on at the bottom of, like, this pile of bodies that try to get Luffy back in the prison, or recapture him, or even kill him. And he's seeing, like, this malnourished Luffy just under the bodies, and then he just, you know, very much like to the officer in Barate, the Don Krieg officer. Gin. Gin, okay. Uh, where he gave him, like, I think, like, the soup or, like, the rice that were, like, kind of leftovers. And he was just like, sorry, it's gonna taste bad or whatever. In this case, sorry, it's covered in syrup. It's kind of beaten up a little bit, too. And then, just mirroring that moment, you both have the, the two people going, oh, this is this is delicious. It's, like, the best thing I had in a long time. Because, um, like, throughout the uh, arc, at this point, Luffy's been, like, kind of hinting that, like, oh, he's getting hungry, he's getting really tired because he's lacking food because yeah he's kind of like the flash from dc comics where he needs to eat constantly because <laughs> of his metabolism is so high um but at this point we get like that heart to heart where they're kind of sitting down and they have like finally we get like they talk i do appreciate this right where sanji still goes i can't come back but he does tell him right directly he's free to do so at this point i'll just directly tell you three reasons right i'm 
I feel really guilty about what I did. So that's a selfish reason. So, whatever. Two, which is much bigger for me, Zeph's life is in danger. If I ruin the plan of my dad, my, uh, or is it Germa that has assassins after Zeph or is it Big Mom? It's Germa, right? Yeah, Germa. Yeah. So if I don't go through the wedding, my dad will kill my real dad. Um, and then the third one is I can't let my family die. I hate them with every fiber of my being, but I can't let them die. And then <laughs> very in character, and I fucking love this moment. Sanji's like looking at Sanji going, looking at Luffy. No, sorry, 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 sorry. Luffy is looking at Sanji. Sorry, I mixed up my names there. And then he's just like, huh? And then you get what you already said. The big fucking right hook across his face, which is a huge Gurren Lagan moment of just, let's see you grit those fucking teeth. <laughs> just like some tough love from Luffy. And then... Honestly, with- that's what Usopp needed, too. Not a big a cap when he rejoined the crew. Absolutely. I wanted he, that. He deserved it, too. He, Absolutely. He, like, maybe even a little more than, than Sanji does here. Absolutely. I, I remember... Uh, actually, yeah, I do remember, uh, I mentioned how I wish there was, like, some more punishment or, like, some weird, awkward vibes at the very least, because I get that his punishment was he thought he was going to be abandoned for a second or left behind. That that still didn't seem like enough. Like, for Usopp, probably that's worse, because, you know, he's an artist, mental kind of guy. But at the same time, I'm like, still something, right? Maybe Zoro with a, a nice, friendly gut punch. Maybe Sanji with a nice, like, uh, like a knee to the gut, maybe kind of thing, where it's like, hey, welcome back, cook. Like, welcome back, cook. It's <laughs> just a big, like, yeah, there's some friendly stuff along the way. Um, but yeah, Sanji absolutely had deserved this. But again, it was a very Gurren Lagan, like, tough love moment. Um, where it's like, all right, I'm knocking some sense into you, Sanji. Look at me. Do you know who I am? And second off, tell me how you really feel. Because again, Luffy is amazing at reading the room in terms of like what people actually want and think Sanji finally just no blurts out finally I do want to go back to the sunny but I also want to save my family because I also want to save my real family at the same time and then Luffy just goes of course because that's who you are dumbass but you got us let's fucking crash this wedding (laughs) so it was a it was that would lead us into the fire tank meeting, but that's that's for next week. Yeah. <laughs> that's for next episode. All right, all right, all right. Um, I did. Yeah. So, actually, no. Real quick, sorry. Uh, real quick, there was a, that slight meetup they had, right, with the talking over the snail phones and talking about. Yeah, that's that when meeting. Jinbei recommends, like, hey, we need to meet up with uh, yeah. Beige. Yeah, there's a slight little tidbit that I do want to uh mention that is a disappointment on my part is the fact that what I wanted right when that pudding scene happened was, oh, we got the we got all this room now for potential growth for Sanji now, or like development of his character. But I feel that that moment where they were reunited in a sense, and then with Nami being the exception at first, going like, I will never forgive you. You have like a little fourth wall gag where like her speech bubble is stabbing his heart, which is funny. But because how it plays out, and then Sanji immediately going, oh, does that mean you love me? And I'm just like, god damn it. So, what, is there no is there no growth? No development? What the fuck is this? Are we literally yeah. back to the status quo? What the fuck? So, I was really disappointed in that when I saw that scene. Because I'm just like, is so his development out the window? I could be wrong in the future, right? 
but that mm, literally told right, me right, right. we're back to the status quo. And I'm like, no, you have these arcs because it's time for the character to grow and make me love him more. This makes me go, I'm very empathetic for Sanji's past, but this is still Sanji. <laughs> so, god damn it. Prove me wrong in the <laughs> yeah. future. But, yeah, that's also why I wanted that slap later, because it would have made this scene not nearly as bad, because then the talk, the tough talk from Nami, right, would have been much more effective, and not at all been like, yeah, we're just the status quo, everything's back to normal. Like, no, we got room for change and growth. Come on. So what makes characters good? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, I don't disagree. Don't yeah. disagree. So next time, we'll start off at the Capone meeting, because Jinbei tells him, hey, we got a plan. Yeah, and I, I expect it'll be shorter than this episode, but we had some see. fun. We had some fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, we got we covered most of it. This most of the stuff we wanted to cover, I think, here. And next, we're gonna have like the action, of course, the climax, and then Big Mom's backstory mainly. I think's the meat. Yeah, most likely, as well and as the it's kind of the chase sequence, but that can be summed down a little bit. Yeah, that's a little too long. But you'll hear about that next week when we discuss mm -hmm. up to chapter 902 of One Piece. So, Justin, where can I find you? To find me, catch a bunch of One Piece memes, which actually I don't post too often, so I'm not going to flood your timeline. Catch me at Jitsu on Twitter, J-I-T-S-Z-U. And if you wanted to talk One Piece up to this point, maybe ask, you know, questions that if we skipped anything, anything in particular you want to know how our newbie reacted to our <laughs> super rookie, where can they find you, Jacob? Or if they want to tell me more insufferable food puns or tell me that Smoothie is, in fact, best daughter, uh, you can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A. I will flood your timeline with pictures of the panels of the, what I'm going through, what we're about to cover, what my initial thoughts were and reactions. And it's been really good. It's been interactive so far. I've been loving Tetan with you all. And if you can and would, please leave us a review on itunes or what other services do we have we're iTunes. available on a lot of services but i think only itunes takes reviews and that's reviews. the most helpful place to do it anyways as far as i know so i guess the equivalent right like if you're on spotify give it a follow if you're, if it's on if someone clipped it and put it on youtube leave a like <laughs> if we ever get on audible you can leave us a review there that'd be great five stars appreciate it uh if you got smoke signals and a very a heart-shaped smoke signal i can see it my way that's always appreciated and always, we appreciate you tuning in, as you did today, and you will hopefully do next week when we finish discussing Whole Cake Island. Bye-bye! <laughs>